Dearly beloved, this is Death Is Not The End. I'm that Evkin guy, and today I'm here with Bells On. And the cat. Today I'd like to welcome to the end 60% of the Be There With Belson podcast, Gavin Belson. How are you doing, sir? I'm, I'm doing all right, considering it's the end. Yeah, yeah, you are dead. Much like the cast of Cheers now all are. <laughs> okay, then we might, there might be some, <laughs> some that weren't as dead as we thought. Okay. Well, they're all dead now. That's a joke yeah. for the show you did a few weeks back now, uh, <laughs> because this show is going out, I don't know when. <laughs> but you should all go back and listen to it on uh, the Be, with, Be There With Belson feed. I'm not going to say which one. You have to find out which. They're all funny, so have fun oh. with that. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's the highlight of my uh, Mondays. Generally, comes out. Yeah, yeah. It's so well, depending on time wise. Uh, Mondays, <laughs> maybe maybe early Tuesdays. Yeah, gets me in the mood for the week if I'm um, having a rough one or a rough start. It is my favourite fever dream. <laughs> uh, let the listeners know where they can find it online. You need to get that out uh, of the way. Yeah, sure. So, uh, yeah, it's Be There With Belson on all the various podcast uh, platforms. Uh, we're also all over the socials. So, uh, Be There With Belson on Instagram. We're on TikTok with that. We don't do a lot with that. Um, and on Twitter, we are there with Belson because Be There With Belson was too long. <laughs> So as part of your show, you do cover a lot of music. Are you a big live music fan? Uh, yeah, no, I am. I yeah, love a bit of live music. Uh, it's a big thing after the pandemic was going back to seeing seeing shows again. That was a that was huge um, and really emotional as well. I went to uh, I went to one the day that restrictions were lifted. Um, I went to the Clapham Grand uh, to see Frank Turner, and uh, yeah, that was uh, got got. He got emotional. I got emotional. I wasn't the only one. It wasn't just me and him. Um, but yeah, it was, it's it's uh, yeah, it's been a big big thing, and uh, I've got a few few things lined up. So um, yes, yeah. well, if we went all dead, well, if where we went would all you dead. Been going? Let, let's dock yourself. Dock yourself. Come on. Well, I'm at. Uh, yeah, <laughs> um, I'm going to be going to see uh, Pulp at the British Ooh. Summertime uh, gig. It's, they're one of those bands that I missed originally so um that's more a nostalgia thing um a lot think... about these days is the shows there i'd is... want to go to because i don't know any new bands no i'm and trying do see them i'm like I'm, I'm probably a bit too old to go that to see that well yeah i mean the 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 yeah the thing i had with that one was um um olivia rodrigo who is very young um and it's not the sort of thing that i should like and I used to work in Hammersmith right near the Apollo and I was walking past one day and I'd, I'd only just kind of discovered her. Um, and I thought the album was great walking past. I was like, there's a load of like 14, 15 year old girls here. And I looked up and it said Olivia Rodrigo. And I was like, ah, oh, I kind of would have liked to see that, but I would have had to like either borrow a friend's child or get two seats and just, Anytime anyone looked at me and my empty seat, just go, yeah, no, she's just down the front. Uh, like, like uh, it's not a thing you can go see by yourself. Not at my age, and as a man, uh, it's, it's you're into nonsense count, <laughs> I can't, country there. Like, I can't do it. Okay, so I've got a recommended 
I've got a recommendation for your show this week. Okay. Your recommendation. Uh, again, as the shows will take a while to go up, they'll be all mishmash, so you have to find out and dig through the bells and folds for this one. Um, it's a band called Fishmans. <laughs> okay. The song is called Long Season, and you have to get the live version of it, specifically this one, because apparently it's the best version of the song. And it's on the uh, live album Live at Akasaka Blitz 1998. Wow. Okay. So make a note uh, of that one, and I want to. Your thoughts yeah. on all of the song, <laughs> all of it. Okay, okay. When you say that, it just makes me think this is going to be about two hours long. <laughs> you know, Dan's got an attention span of about thirty seconds. Um, yeah, I, I want to see how long he gets into it. <laughs> okay, we'll see how that one plans out. <laughs> I absolutely love the song, so yeah, I'm going to recommend it to everybody. Really, okay. So a few things different different things occasionally yeah so, yeah moving on though you're in the medical field of work yes yeah and uh you've no doubt seen a fair amount of injuries over time and that's at the end of everything um the ideas of uh like was it intelligent design come mm. up a few times in the podcast or the previous podcast at least how would you if you had a choice improve on the human design like what breaks mm more than anything else what would you fix yeah i mean it's in terms of things that break a lot i mean it's not vital i guess but like fingers and toes they're just not they break a lot they break easy um that's not very very good maybe something some sort of covering uh like uh, i don't know maybe that i'm just describing gloves aren't i um you think maybe a mitten like all the all the bones are fused yeah. together, and it's like it's just one big clump. Yeah, but that, then I guess dexterity might be a problem. Ah, uh, I don't know. Maybe bones in like the skeletal system in general should just be harder. <laughs> um, but then I guess you got weight issues. Oh, it's not easy, is it? Being a god. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe everyone was giants, so you yeah. make everyone bigger. Like be able to handle the. Changing uh, mass. Yeah. But then we've got a space issue. We're going to have to get rid of some people. I think that now anyway, but... Um... <laughs> could, could make the planet bigger, but then it's just... Gravity, just I'm guessing, bigger. just... Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't really work, does it? It's a, it's no. a complex one. So is the human think... body a, a perfect design then? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen myself naked. It's definitely not. Um <laughs> Um, that last chicken in Sainsbury's. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah, we're kind of uh, squishy and vulnerable, and you know we don't do well in the in the extremes of weathers and yeah, true that. Like, I'm, we, I'm, I'm dying here. It's, it's, it's a hot, hot one, isn't it? <laughs> oh, it feels it though. <laughs> um, but yeah, all those things we need we need too much. You know, we need all our food, water, all those sorts of things. Ah, just ah, when the AI take over, that's uh... <laughs> thing is, I've seen AI drawing. The hands aren't going to get any better. <laughs> no, no, yeah, they're, they're everything they make is a little bit weird, eh? Mm. Oh. Hands and eyes, I guess. difficult. Yeah, well, I I think that's a good thing. It's, you know, 
I, I don't want all my stuff created by I don't want my creative stuff created by AI I think that's the most important thing because uh, where's the where's the soul in that ah this is yeah. good this is a bigger bigger conversation isn't it <laughs> you asked how are people <laughs> how could people be better designed I've, I've started talking about souls in art <laughs> kind of is <laughs> Also, religiously, uh, you're up here with me now. Uh, are you seeing the uh, vanilla pearly white gates with me? Or was your religious upbringing a little bit different? Uh, so uh, so our religious upbringing was um, none, really. Uh, my mum was forced to go to church as a kid, and then she didn't bring that onto us. Um, we spent most of our Sundays playing football, to be honest. So um, I guess the entry uh, it'd be like a i guess the entrance to a tunnel and uh the match of the day theme playing probably <laughs> if we're going with what i was brought up with that's probably about it nice well, mm. i like that one yeah. <laughs> oh yeah i'm just stalling here i was waiting for the uh, all clear for my assistant liz hurley to cure your tracks thanks liz maybe like another thing <laughs> she wants to lay some carpet apparently not sure what that means. Ah. Onwards, uh, you have decided to try to get into heaven, or your approximation of it, whatever that may be, by pitching your life story to me. Hmm. You have eight musical tracks lined up to help us imagine it as a, this is an audio format. So uh, we'll get started whenever you're ready. Okay. Well, I realised my approach to it is, is going to be um, my life is... And I think everyone's life is other people to a certain extent. Um, and so all these are reference points throughout uh, throughout my life. And I quite often associate people with music and times and things like that. I think that's the way the way music can hit you. Um, so my first one is uh, The Fountainhead by The Blue Zones. Um, and so this is... Uh, I, I could have picked anything from the um, uh, Expecting to Fly album, which is the first album. And it was probably be out when I was about 16. Um, and the reason I picked it was... Um, so I left school not really knowing what I was going to do. I ended up going to college uh, to do media studies and photography. Cause Solid why why what else do you need to do to get into nursing um <laughs> and um i met the summer before i started i i kind of met a girl um who was just one of those people that, that strikes you instantly and she was uh she was waitressing that's where i first first met her um and i just thought i looked at her and i was just like oh you're just so cool like and i was not i was not cool i was still not to be fair but um and then i went went to college and she was there um and i i used to listen to uh like would have been cd player um a portable cd player so you didn't have much choice (laughs) unless you were carrying a load around with you um and uh i was playing the the blue tones album and she asked me what I was listening to, and uh, I told her, and, and she knew. Which I, I mean, of course, she knew them. She knew I mean, everything. Um, 
but she she approved basically this this choice of mine and uh, we got talking and and it, it carried on like that and she was like the first kind of person that was beyond kind of schoolboy thing like a, it was beyond a schoolboy crush it was more than that and um yeah she was just literally like unbelievably cool and the fact that she chose to to talk to me at that time was something i just couldn't really believe to be honest um and i mean it, it never so she it, this was another thing so she was staying um she was staying down uh well around maidenhead um doesn't mean much to people but um she had a she had a, a slight scouse accent and her family had moved to nottingham and she'd stayed down and so she was at that age kind of living by herself as well everything was so much more advanced than me like i was you know just blown away by everything that everything that she did and it, how she dressed was like so like hip and cool and looking she had a lot of 60s vibe to her and all this sort of stuff um and eventually she moved like it got to a point where she she couldn't maintain it anymore she moved back with the family to Nottingham and that was kind of the end of it but like she's still someone that kind of sticks in my head and then later on I was in uh, I was driving through Nottingham uh, with my granddad who used to live up that way and he uh, we would just happen to be at some traffic lights and like she walked past the car um, and before I could do anything lights changed my granddad drove off and I'm just like have I imagined this? Like, <laughs> um, so yeah, so that that just reminds me of that time, and it was a time where, like, something I liked got approval from somebody I had I held in such admiration, and it kind of probably defined a lot of where my musical tastes and a lot of the way that I dressed and who I became at that, that age came from, all from all from her really, which is I pretty sure she doesn't know the effect that she had on me or the, the you know the way that <laughs> knowing her defined a large part of my life i guess um but yeah so also i just really like the blue zones so all <laughs> <laughs> well, those nice chance meetings and yeah it's a, lots of things come out come out of it and um yeah yeah we got some interesting stuff coming. I just realised. <laughs> yeah, this one's um, a strange yeah. choice. Yeah, yeah. So should we jump into it? Let's jump into it. Sure. So, um, this is "Dance the Night Away" by the Mavericks. Uh, pretty much a one-hit wonder, I think. Um, but again, it's a, a thing of reminding me of people, and I mentioned in that first song about. Uh, my granddad driving me through Nottingham and this is really this relates to him more than anything so uh, he he was a massive again we're talking about influences in my life and, and he was a massive influence in my life so he was a Scotsman um, he moved to London um, I think he, in the end he was like 50 60 years outside of Scotland <laughs> still the accent would come back when he was on the phone um, but he he uh, he ended up in Nottingham, and then my my uh, my nan died, so he was by himself. And I, once I was able to drive, this would be my 
my trips. So I would drive up to stay with him. Um, and he'd tell me the same old jokes. Uh, um, and one of the things I was always amazed about with him was he had, uh, he had a song for every occasion and every name. Um, and he later moved to Cornwall and I used to drive down to Cornwall to see him. Um, and those are some of my favorite times. Um, and in many ways, he's kind of the person I wish I was. Um, like he could, he could walk into a room full of confidence and talk to anybody. And within minutes, people would like him and be laughing with him and joking with him, buy him, in, you know, buy him drinks, those sorts of things. It was incredible, man. Um, and uh, a good example of that is I, so during my, so I guess late teens, um, I went to see him one time and um, I was wearing ripped jeans, I, a t-shirt I'd slashed myself and stitched back together and I had pink highlights in my hair and I was wearing an Alice band um, <laughs> and his, his uh, friend ran a hotel and he, we went there for dinner and the hotel there were three or four kind of patrons who used to sit stand outside at this uh, tiki bar and they'd just be there all afternoon through the night they, they just stood and drank and I was coming off a like a, a year when I didn't drink so I was I think it was about 20 21 I, I just stopped for a year uh, I'd only just started drinking again and we go down for for dinner and we get a taxi down and I walk into the pub first and it's like a proper film thing where the place goes silent and everyone's staring at me and he just put his hand on my shoulder and walked me in and everyone just looked at him and it was like, ah, it's Ben. And they just carried on. And it was like, <laughs> it, was, it was almost that like, record scratch and then everything starts up again. It was incredible. And I spent the night at the uh, at the tiki bar with the, with the old guys uh, they're all retired. They just their 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 days were just drinking, and I was dying. Um, I was so far behind on drinks that any time I put a drink down, they just gave me another one. I was about seven eight drinks behind. I felt felt like my liver was hurting, um, and um, he would he kept slipping me cash, going, "I'll buy a round." <laughs> you got to buy a round. I was like, "Okay, whatever anybody everybody wants, not me, please." Um, and um, we went back after after that, and he told me all the family secrets um, at home. And do you think I can remember any of them? Like, I know one about my mum, and that's it. Like, everything, everything's gone. Um, and I, I uh, when when he got sick, um, I used to go down, and he was in the hospital. And I took my my then girlfriend, who I think might feature later, <laughs> um, but. Um, he uh we walked in and he was in in the hospital and she i said i said oh this is amy and he, he proceeded to sing a song called uh, which was once in love with amy always in love with amy and it's a song i'd never heard before or knew that he knew and it was that sort of thing and um and the second day um i went back by myself and we had a long conversation and he talked to me about um because i was the first grandchild and um how close we were and how he loved all of all those he's got he had four grandchildren how he loved us all but there was a special bond between us and all these sorts of things and it's stuff that i i hold dearly i wear his wedding ring around my neck um always um 
and it's just yeah it's just that thing of uh, see I've heard your other episodes I'm determined not to cry <laughs> but um, it's gonna happen yeah there's a chance in there but um yeah it, it's uh yeah just an incredible incredible man um and like still has influence on my life and um he's been he's probably been gone nine years something like that now but i mean he, like, literally it's like i say his wedding rings on a, a ribbon around my neck and it sits sits next to my heart so i think that, that pretty much says everything that without saying anything uh, but yeah and this the song was because he used to have um radio two on and you he, he drove me all around cornwall he used to have radio two on terry wogan was on um and this this seemed to be on always <laughs> at one period when i was down seeing him just every day i was hearing it about four or five times a day um so i could have picked many songs like he used to sing songs but that was that that just seemed right and it was weird enough that i i thought he might appreciate that as well <laughs> this is fun isn't it <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay next up okay take it away right okay so uh i'm gonna c- come back a generation now so um this this next one is till i die uh the beach boys um and talking about people who've massive influence on me this this is this is really about my dad um so again like i think in people i've met my dad and i are, are the closest to each other um he's the he's the person that can make me the angriest in the world um and he's the reason i think he's the reason for my love of music to be to be honest he used to play songs to us in the car he used to make mixtapes um and we had one that was it was entitled kids songs that's what he wrote on it but it was proper songs so we listened to there was the the beatles on there there was um uh the who like boris the spider was on there um <laughs> uh, yeah steve miller band the joker stuff like that um which are all like proper songs but they're kind of kid friendly um and in later years uh, you know in, in more recent years I've, I've been able to take him to things um so um the the big one was i, I got to take him to see brian wilson um and you know brian wilson isn't in the best of uh, health <laughs> uh, yeah i was gonna say it's, it's not really he's not really there anymore is he no um and they 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 clearly don't plug in his his uh, keyboard like, but he still sings and uh it's, it was uh, one of those things that was quite moving and uh, again and um we were just sitting there and i think they had an interval and, and my dad turned to me and said oh you know i want i think i want two beach boy songs at my funeral and this was one of them um and that kind of stuck with me uh, I, the trouble is I can't remember what the other one was so I mean he screwed <laughs> screwed at his funeral didn't he because I can't remember what they were it's not the one but, they ripped off Charlie Madsen was it <laughs> I hope not <laughs> I hope not um, but yeah I mean and again a, a really lucky family wise um, so supportive of, of anything that I've done and has always backed me despite 
some questionable decisions and um and has rescued me at times um and there's that thing of like I'll, I'll never be able to repay him and it'll be i'm sure he doesn't want that but um it's just yeah i mean it, i mean we make fun of him on the podcast because <laughs> that's what we do um but you know for all his absolute mental behavior lately i still i still love him <laughs> <laughs> i've seen what's coming next big drink big drink yeah this is uh at some point i've got to make it happier haven't i <laughs> i said i was expecting all sad white boy music it's, it's not yeah. been too bad i mean mavericks sad <laughs> in a different way <laughs> yeah i mean it's not sad boy, white boy music but the the tales are going to get sadder <laughs> right okay so this is a short song um i'm only dreaming the small faces so um this is about another girl which is you know a slight theme to this but um similar sort of thing like and it, you know it's all perspective isn't it but again i've just thought it was incredibly cool matt at uh, university um never imagined that she'd be interested in me um but weirdly she was um and we got together and we were together for a while um and uh, everything was good or you know i thought everything was good <laughs> um and i have a, a, a way i tend to plan things out probably a little too much when it comes to other people and you can't control other people like other people's ideas of how things should be are, are quite often different to your own and you can't so if you plan conversations it's never going to go that way and so I was um, I was looking at it um, as things I thought were great and so um, I was looking ahead and I was thinking well if, if by the summer things are still this good then I'm going to propose and then I'm, I'm aware that this is a story that I haven't told a lot of people <laughs> um, still time to go back no no it's only forwards isn't it um <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so so that so that that was my thinking to get to summer. I had an idea of how I was going to do it. It was going to involve her dog and all this sort of stuff. So like I say, too much planning. Um, and it gets to uh, kind of I guess December, January, and things are off, and I don't know why. Um, and she starts snapping at me, and we never really argued before, and I, I just. I didn't know what was going on. And then in the middle of um, one argument, um, she throws at me that she had an abortion. Um, and, you know, it's this... The, the argument used was that she didn't know how I'd react. And that is the thing that broke my heart. Not what happened, because, you know... That, yeah. That's not really my my space. Um, but the fact that after being together for so long, she thought she didn't know how I'd react, and it just made me feel like she didn't know me at all. Um, and so 
it also felt unfair in in a in a way to to use that against me in a in a kind of heightened state i guess but um so yeah so that hurt and i think it's it's again if we're talking about things that have formed me it's it's one of those key key moments that form who i am and so so we we ended up splitting up um at the i guess it was the kind of end of january start of february and then so february is obviously valentine's day um and i was working a night shift and uh, very very helpfully because we knew a lot of the same people uh, people were more than happy to tell me that she was on a date um <laughs> um and she promptly uh, got pregnant and had the baby all within a, a you know well, obviously the baby thing took about nine months uh, <laughs> as they as they tend to do um but and I know I can rationalize it forever in my head of she'd been through that experience once didn't want to go through it again those sorts of things but there will forever be a part of me that will just always think that I wasn't good enough and it's it's you know and maybe that is true and I I really hope that it's not but it does it does yeah there's always that sting there um and yeah but um yeah so the reason it's the 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 small faces is uh she was really into the 60s um and like part of the things of me trying my constant failings of trying to I end up doing too much for people or trying to I, I learn something about them and then I have to like make that a thing I I was I was buying uh, like original uh, pressings of, of records and um, original Bieber dresses I got uh, and stuff like that just because like I have a tendency to to sometimes not be the best at saying how I feel um, so it tends to come out in gestures um but yeah and a funny story related to that is that later on she she was uh working in, in an outpatient and i had to take dan to an outpatient uh clinic appointment and i sat there and i ended up sitting and basically for i was there for about an hour because you know waiting and then him going in and all this sort of stuff i basically sat for an hour watching her just go about her her day doing her work um and I don't know if she saw me I'd be surprised if she didn't to be honest but we never spoke and we've never spoken again uh she told me when her dog died and that was it we've we've never spoken since um so yeah another person who's who's left an imprint on me I guess you know what I didn't cry on that and I thought that was definitely going to be the one so I think we might be okay I am sweating a lot though. <laughs> and, and can cry if you want to. I feel like I cry enough anyway. I don't. <laughs> oh, I was, thank you for sharing that with us. It's that's, that's okay. A rough story. <laughs> I've realised that as I'm going through, a lot of these I, I don't particularly like. Um... <laughs> Did no. you buy any of them in the original pressings? And do you still uh, have them? 
I don't. I guess so. The the small faces ones. Yes, I did. And did I give it to her? Yes, I did. <laughs> you reckon they still got it? Or was it just like? Uh... I reckon she probably would have. I doubt I'm going to be able to get it back. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Right. So the next one, I definitely don't. Oh, yeah, I've never bought an original pressing of. Um, but it's um, can't help falling in love by Elvis. <laughs> Um, I is it about of... falling in love? Um, ish. <laughs> well, it's about so it's about the the girl that I I mentioned with the, with my granddad who came down to to visit my granddad when he was in the hospital with me. Um, and so she was a girl that I worked with, but we didn't get together till after she left. Um, and I, to be honest, I. Other people have different memories of it than me, um, but they say, "Oh, you were always talking, and you know, you're always laughing together, and all this sort." Of I don't remember any of that while she was working with us. Like, I remember having a, you know, maybe two conversations, but I didn't know much about her. Um, and then one of the girls that we worked with was was house sitting, and she invited us to go and go and see an Elvis impersonator. <laughs> Um, and then stay at the house and all this sort of stuff. And I didn't realise at the time that it was a setup. Um, there had been a thing that everybody had been working on that we should we should be together. And so we went along, and the girl who kind of arranged it was being very good at making herself scarce. So just leaving the two of us, to, and we were chatting away, and everything everything was good and we were getting off great and I didn't think much more of it than that and then you know end of the night we went back and then may have you know I was going to sleep on the sofa like I made that very clear there were two bedrooms I was I was on the sofa and so that's where I started um I didn't finish there but that's where I started <laughs> I, I, she invited me in and then the next day the next morning we're kind of Everything goes very. Everything tends to go very quick with me with these things. If something's going to happen, it's going to happen immediately. Um, otherwise, it's probably never going to happen. Uh, the next day, we're, we're kind of cuddled up on the sofa, having having breakfast, um, and then then the, that I was just weird things you remember. I was going to a friend's birthday dinner that night, and I was on my way there, and I just texted her to say like like. Your, it sounds so bad when I say it. sounds so childish when I say that. But I was literally like, like, do you want to be my girlfriend? <laughs> it's like, hey, I like, and again, I, I did say I'm not cool. <laughs> um, but we 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 ended up, um, well, it, it, like all my my love stories, it, like it's, it's, it has a tragic end. Um, we she was very suspicious and very jealous and um this caused problems uh and she'd been treated badly in the past and i made a lot of excuses for that um and she would constantly think that i was cheating which is never a great start to a relationship and um well i i'd love to say it reached ahead when this happened but it kind of didn't but um she she did try and strangle me once um <laughs> which 
isn't funny, but I have to make it a joke because that's that's how I tell this story now. Um, it's kind of like she wasn't she wasn't big. She's uh, like a slim girl, maybe five three, five four. So that's kind of funny as a visual. Um, so she tried to strangle me, try whilst kicking me in the groin, which was uh, special. Then she ended up on my back with her with her arm across my throat. Um, and then I kind of threw her off. She bounced on the bed and hit her head on the wall. And then I felt bad about that. And all this happened in her parents' house. Um, and so about six weeks later, uh, we moved in together. <laughs> and you can kind of imagine how that went. <laughs> um, hang on, hang on. Yeah, it was either very good just, or... Just imagining. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I do, I do love to tell. I, I have to tell it that way, where it's like, oh, yeah. I often say, say it in a way of like, oh, I had this girlfriend, she tried to kill me, and then I moved in with her because I love to build the sympathy and then just take it all away again. Because <laughs> like, I didn't have to do that. <laughs> um, but again, like my, I felt like I, I could make this work. I can make things work. I can make things better. You can't. Like people are people, and they're gonna be who they are. Um. But yeah, so so um yeah, I think it was about six months we we lived together. Um then there was a, a, a break clause in the in the flat we rented and she we we split up. She was gonna move out. She kept saying she was gonna move out and she never did. Uh it got to the point where she was at work one Sunday and my dad came over and we just took all my stuff and I was gone. And that's the way we left it for a little bit. Then she got back in touch when she was seeing somebody else because she had been arguing with him at his birthday and he had, uh, in, with all his family, and he'd left her somewhere and she couldn't get home. So I went and picked her up because that's what that's what you do, apparently. And then it mm -hmm. became a thing of, I'm just going to drop you off. I'll come inside. Uh, I don't want to come inside. Come inside. I'll come inside for a bit. All right. Um, can you stay? I'm not going to stay. Can you stay? All right. I'll stay on the sofa. No, don't stay on it. Like blah, 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 escalation. Um, and then we were kind of back together for, for a few weeks and it was back to how, how it was when it was good. And that was, that was nice. And then out of nowhere, she, she, uh, texted me one day to say, thanks so much for being so amazing the last few weeks. Um, we're going to try again. And I was like, what do you mean we're going to try again? Like that sounds like a conversation we should have rather than a, <laughs> And she's like, no, me and the other guy. I was like, ah, right. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then I did something which, uh, everything's out there. I'll tell you this. Um, it doesn't make me look great. Makes her look worse. So, uh, you know. <laughs> um, but we were, I was like, oh, I think we need to talk about what's happened. So we were, we were having a conversation on the phone. And I said, is he there? And she said, yes. And she told me a few things about their relationship. And I said, all right, I want you to go in the other room then. And I want you to tell him, I want you to say again to me everything that you said to me about him and your relationship. And it wasn't, you know, it's so petty and I wish I was better, but I'm just, I just wasn't. So, and to be fair, she could have hung up the phone. So this is not, <laughs> not solely on me. And maybe it was, a way of her being able to get certain things out without it being her saying it. Um, but it was, I made her repeat that how he'd never satisfied her and all these sorts of things. And she did it all. 
And did that make me feel better? No, not at all. Do I wish I hadn't done it? Yeah, probably. Um, but, you know, at least it, I think he was a policeman. So at least if the uh, if she attacks him, you know, he's probably got some training. <laughs> maybe it would have jogged her into thinking maybe this isn't the way either. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I mean, I hope in one way that... that I mean, did they stay together know, or is it just a case of... Yeah, I, don't, I don't... I don't think so. Um, but again, it's another one that's, you know, no longer in the life. So uh, the last I heard, I, I think she was single. Um, I hope she's not. I hope she's happy. And like, I don't wish ill on any of these people, but it's just, um, yeah, this is this is my story, I guess. So I get I get to tell it the way I want. <laughs> You're sorry. Next song. Ah, my next song is, uh, I do like this one, actually. So we're, we're back on, on uh, one of my favourites. So Frank Turner, um, Get Better. Um, and so this is kind of work-related. Um, and I guess a, a tribute to a lot of people that I work with. Um, and it's mainly about the pandemic, to be honest, which has had a big impact on on well certainly my work life and to a, uh, to a lesser extent my, my own life um, and obviously I've worked in hospital throughout the pandemic in, a, in the acute assessment unit which is basically where if you weren't going to ITU that's where you were going um, and I saw way too many people die there's no there's no way around that now um, and I saw a lot of people struggle with with what they were seeing because it was like nothing that we'd ever seen before um, and it's also a source of massive anger and frustration in me um, in the way that firstly the way that people I guess the way the government supported or didn't um, and then the conspiracy theorists and all that all those people, I could happily beat them to death because they will tell you all these things about vaccines and all this sort of stuff. And honestly, you literally just had to be there for a day. Like you, you'd be there for a day, basically in bin liners and masks and goggles and shit that like you can get in B and Q, and be in a in a situation where people were dying from this thing and just basically facing it every day and fronting up to it um, and have people kind of say these things almost for me belittles the sacrifice that those people made and I'm not in that workspace anymore and so I don't really fit in with all the, the stuff about the the pay and stuff like that but they get paid nowhere near what they should and there were people there who'd been doing it less than a year and there were lots of tears and it was nice to see how people supported people. Um, I had one day where, like, my job was separate from what from that, but because we were so short of people, because everybody was going down with it, I ended up like uh, helping run the unit. And I had one day where they, nobody died while I was there, and that was an achievement. And it was like, you know, the humor's always dark in in these things, um, but I I just 
for months I boasted about that. I was like, oh, you know, that my day. No one died on my day. Um, but it's, um, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a thing that's going to stick with me. And I, everybody that went through it, there's, there's no way that people are going to forget those things. And there's so many people and you that's the thing like it's it's a pandemic and you, you see statistics but it's like when you've looked those people in the eye that's a it's a different story and i think there's a there's probably a darkness in in everybody that went through it now that that will never go away um and it's just i just really wanted to pay tribute to and it's and it's not about me it's again it's not about me but deflecting quite hard uh, on all of these choices um but it's um i just want to yeah I, I have so much admiration for those people um and they they deserve so much better um but you know it is what it is in the, the terms of who runs things um and, yeah but it's it's okay because that's that's going to keep me angry and i'm not going to let these things go and so when all the other little things come out, I'm not going to let them go because I'm going to keep bringing that up. And it's a stick that I will get to beat them with forever. And I will do. <laughs> and, and I got through it without saying any bad words, I think. <laughs> Which is not what happens so, on our yeah. podcast. I don't, well, um, don't think so. I think it's very good, this. Fucking hell. Uh, Oh, there we go. So close to so close to a PG version. <laughs> it's never gonna happen. No. Do this no. ten years now. <laughs> right. Oh, next one. Right. So the next one is uh Emily Kane by Art Brute. Um so Art Brute is a band that I've seen. Uh I think I've seen them a couple of times. Not through my own choice, <laughs> but this is uh, this is about my friend Mary. Um, and if anyone has listened to our podcast, they'll know that there was um, an episode named after her. Um, and she was a she was a, a nurse, um, and then uh, she was a site practitioner. So she looked after the hospital really, and she got treated really badly by by the hospital by the trust um and she got it essentially uh she she became unwell and nobody really knew what was going on and um sometimes it made her she had a long problem with um anorexia and then there were some heart issues and they ended up with leukemia as well and it was a lot of things going on and and i found people to be less than understanding um and then it, it got to a point where they, she was, she collapsed a couple of times and things, and she was slurring words, and they, they thought she was drunk, is is the story, and that's that's how they essentially got her out of her job. Um, but she was my friend, and she, you know, she was really into music. She was really into art route. Uh, she was really into the Libertine. She was uh, friends with Carl Barat. Um, when they were breaking through and she's in a Dirty Pretty Things video and stuff like that um, but artwork, she, she she had tattooed on her um, and she had artwork uh, from the by the singer and he, who he, he sent it to her so she was friends with him so I went to see her a few times and then as the pandemic hit and she was unwell 
um, it, it became more difficult. So before that, I was doing a lot. I was seeing her a lot. I was taken to the hospital. I was picking her up from hospital. Uh, it was it was rough. Um, and um, during the pandemic, it became harder because obviously I couldn't see her, especially with what what I was doing. I couldn't. I, I definitely couldn't be going around. She was vulnerable. So, um, and I, I didn't talk to her as much as I should have or had done. And this is going to be one of those those things. Like I always think that like, you should probably shouldn't regret anything because it leads you to where you are. But this is a regret. This is a regret of mine. Um, and I got a a phone call from her sister. And I'd got a phone call from before from her sister when she'd gone into hospital and, uh, and she'd asked me if I could go and feed the cats. Um, so I thought, well, and you, you, sometimes, you know, you get a phone call. Firstly, you get a phone call at like eight o'clock Saturday morning. It's, it's probably not not going to be a great news, mm. um, especially from someone who you only speak to when things are, are bad. So um, and it was what I thought it was. And I was just dazed and i realized i was dazed afterwards because all i kept saying was are you okay like just over and over i just kept asking if she was okay and i i it was only after i finished the phone call that i realized what i'd done and i just i must have said it about 10 times um and then she asked me to go and pick up stuff from the hospital because the hospital had been asking if someone can come and get the stuff so i went and they they had a couple of bags of her stuff in a wheelchair I was like, what the fuck do I want to do with a wheelchair? Like <laughs> just like, yeah, you can you can you can keep that. Like use it for somebody else. Like you saw me walk in, right? Um and so um yeah, so I did that and that was weird. I was going back into her flat and she wasn't there. And I and I, and I she wasn't coming back and she was packed everything because she was planning on moving back to Sheffield. And so that was weird. Everything was in boxes and like she obviously she hadn't been there for a little bit and it just it was just everything was strange so I stayed with the cats for a bit <laughs> and then then I left and um it was still you know that, those kind of pandemic times where people were restricted at funerals and and everyone had to be spaced apart and they were they were streamed so um I went to Sheffield <laughs> for the funeral um and an ex-girlfriend of mine who we were ex exes at the time but she was also friends with mary so she wanted to go but obviously couldn't go to the funeral so she offered to drive me to sheffield which is you know incredibly kind when she picked me up she said i can only drive for about half an hour and then i get sleepy which didn't seem to add up because at the time I was living further than half an hour from her and she managed to drive to me but anyway so i basically drove her car to sheffield um um, and despite being there about three hours before, I was still the last one in um, because we sat outside a pub having lunch. <laughs> um, and I, I had to sit there and and I didn't know anybody. Like her son was there. I'd met her son. Her sister was there. Obviously, I'd met her sister. I didn't know anybody else. And they knew who I was because she talked about me. And that, that was sweet, but also strange. Like they knew way more about me than than strangers should do, unless they listen to this sort of thing. Um, but yeah, it was it was weird. I had to listen to her dad, who she was pretty much estranged from, 
do a, a poem from Lord of the Rings or something. And I was like, this is so wrong. Like, she doesn't, she hated that shit. And she doesn't like you. <laughs> like, <laughs> it just, it just, yeah. And so, yeah, um, it was, it was tough. And, um, yeah, and my, I did get a text as we were walking out from a friend who, who was watching it on on the stream and just sent me a picture of basically the back of my head and went, I saw you. It's like, yeah, like I'm fairly emotional at the moment. Like uh, probably not the best call that one, but um, yeah, it's a, it's a, though anyone who had to go through those sorts of things during those times or even couldn't go to any of those things, it's, it's tough. It's tough and it's a weird time and, now the world's ended we won't have to go through those sorts of things anymore so that's that's a positive um but good side of it really yeah but i think i think about her a lot um and and part of it was i i i kind of made a promise to her that i would be you know i i i wouldn't you know i wouldn't hold back from things so much and i wouldn't you know and it's they it's hard because you know six months in I was telling everybody how much I loved them <laughs> that's how I was finishing every conversation with people and that's sweet but it's hard to hard to maintain <laughs> so I, I slip at that and then every now and then there'll be a song or something and it will remind me and I'll I'll go back into that for a while and I think that's a that's if that's what I take from that then that's that's a good thing and i think that's a nice legacy for her but i mean for me i like i do feel like i let her down and that's tough um and i'm sure she'll she'd hate me saying that she'd 100 percent hate me saying that uh she would have hated that i cried so much about her (laughs) as well because she'd just call me a dick um because that's that's who she was and that's why i loved her um but yeah um again you know it's things things that you live with and it doesn't matter how many times people tell me you you did so much for her it doesn't matter it doesn't matter because i know what i feel and that's not going to change but yeah um but yeah that's that's a little that that song is a tribute to her really oh that was a close one as well (laughs) oh uh, the last song so we got the final song here now uh your end how would you ideally like to yeah. see things out well how oh i don't know um i kind of it's part of me that thinks i want something spectacular um but there's also part of me that thinks i'm tired quite a lot recently so maybe maybe just going to sleep and that'll do me maybe maybe like um like a beloved pet um <laughs> just like <laughs> someone stroking me while giving me an injection that'll do me i do say i always say to people if um like if i'm in hospital and i'm that unwell just give me all the drugs and let me go because yeah i don't i don't want any more than that so some cocktail of drugs while someone strokes my head (laughs) don't know how that affects the rest of the world but um it's a very selfish one that but yeah the rest of the world can burn for all i care (laughs) <laughs> no, I like that whole idea. Like beyond your capacity to do anything, so yeah, just just check me out. I'm fine. Yeah, 
yeah definitely 100 percent. like everybody's got that instructions from me now so <laughs> I, I do worry if i ever have surgery for something that I, <laughs> they'll be like oh look at him he's he's, he's done for gotta keep dan away from me uh <laughs> well you go out drinking again with some old blokes yeah yeah <laughs> okay the last song you've got uh and yeah. i've actually started listening to a lot because you recommended them yeah well this is the well i'll, I'll say i'll tell you this before we start this was the hardest one um because there was there were two other ones that were i considered i'll, I'll just tell you what they were um they were last goodbye by jeff buckley but you know, as much as I love Jeff Buckley, and I really do love Jeff Buckley, but that seemed too cliched. Yeah, he's a bit so, on the nose. So, yeah, so I thought, no, we can't, we can't do that. And the other one is um, a song that I'm obsessed with as well. So both of these songs are, are songs that I'm obsessed with, um, and that's uh, that power by Childish Gambino, which it's, it's it's two songs in one basically, but the second half of that song I just think is is just genius, and it ends up he tells a tale um about and it's kind of we were talking before about how people in podcasts tend to to reveal a lot about themselves and and things like that and it kind of fits that where he 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 talks about being it's when he's younger he's on a bus after summer camp he tell he tells a girl that he likes her um and he just keeps talking and talking and he says at some point i i say the word uh destiny and he just keeps talking and talking and then he she says okay and then he's doesn't know how to to get out of it they're on a bus so he pretends to be asleep wakes up she's gone then um the group of girls are going past as he's coming as he's getting ready to get up and one of them just says to him just looks at him smiles and says destiny and he says i didn't even know you were friends with them i, I did you know i told you something and it was just for you and you told that you told everyone and so he says, this is, uh, this is what I've learned. I'm not saying it's right, but it's what I learned. It's like, you took that and shared it. So I've learned to cut out the middleman and, and make everything available to everyone. So if there's no room for someone like you in my life, is that, is that sad? Sure. But, you know, and it's a, a, a phrase he uses. It's a sadness I chose. Um, and he, at the end, he says, it's, it's um, not, this isn't a story about how uh, love is bad or girls are evil. It's just something that uh, I, it's just something that I learned. Um, and so he's, he, that's his approach is like, he shares his life. Um, and in, in a lot of his, um, it, it, certainly the album it's from, there's a lot of that. And he's not afraid to be, you know, in a, in a hip hop rap world, he's not afraid to be, uh, who he is and geeky and all those sorts of things and i love that about him so that was my other thought because i but i had to go back to this one and it's just it's just a special special song um so it's um frightened rabbit and the modern leper um it's just so good <laughs> uh the whole album's good but this is it's got that it's a kind of twisted love story, I guess, is, is the best way of describing it. Um, and when you know, when you know his story and his struggles with mental mental health, a lot of it makes sense. And there's certain certain songs in in 
where he's so specific about how he died pre his death, which is a little bit hard to listen to at times. But I think, and it's so Scottish as well, which I really enjoy. Like he's unapologetically Scottish, and I, I, I love the fact that I always enjoy when people don't become American in their in their singing, and they are who they are. Um, and it just it's dark and it's twisted and sad but it ends on a on a happy note which I really appreciate as well so if I'm if I'm going out let's go out with a with a happy positive kind of in a way note I think I think that's the the best we can do <laughs> just be yourself yeah yeah, it's, it's good advice, always. If people don't like it, well, that's that's really on them, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I am also planning on getting this tattooed on me at some point. <laughs> well, the whole song. I was thinking I'd just get the title. Yeah. <laughs> uh. And it, it kind of fits into my uh, sad boy music, so finally we got there. <laughs> just just for anyone who's ever listened to any of our podcasts, there you go, this one's for you. Finally, some sad boy music. Let's <laughs> go through all of it without crying as well. Yeah, I mean, I welled up a couple of times, so, but, I mean, I don't think you could tell, so... <laughs> Thank you for coming on today and sharing your story. No, absolute pleasure. Well, I might be stretching a bit. <laughs> I think you're about to hit the end of that tunnel now, stepping out to the field. Oh. Surrounded by all the people you love. Kind of. Ah. Yeah. Just, um, maybe. Yeah. It's like a Sunday League crowd just in this big stadium. <laughs> yeah well, I mean all the people I love is it's probably a non-league stadium to be fair this <laughs> is some there come on I love you <laughs> that's it it's, that's, that's what we've got to do isn't it more love more love If you want to stay up to date with Death Is Not The End, or indeed any of the other projects I'm currently working on, visit TotalCultZone.com. Also, while you're online, vote for me in the upcoming Indie Podcast Awards. Which one? Well, any of them, really. There's a bunch going on at the moment. I'm sure I'm nominated for one. Alright. No. Well, apparently you have to pay to be on them. Fuck that shit. Or just go and rate and review us on whatever podcasting platform you use instead. It's just as good knowing someone's out there listening and enjoying the show for absolutely free. You didn't have to pay you, you didn't have to pay us. It's a great deal. So, totalcultzone.com for all the shit. <laughs>